0: For the federal government, no less than for the private sector, the cybersecurity threat seems to worsen by the day. Savvy organizations have long turned to the National Institute of Standards and Technology for its detailed guidance publications on all facets of cybersecurity. Two of the most widely referenced publications are about to undergo updates. And joining me with details, NIST fellow Ron Ross. Ron, good to have you back.
1: Great to be with you, too, Tom.
0: Talking with you, I always feel like there's hope on the cybersecurity front. And let's talk about, first of all, publication 800-171. There have been some horrifying reports about the Navy's cybersecurity posture and, or lack thereof. And some of that relates to 800-171. Tell us about 171 and what's going on with it.
1: Tom, 800-171 is a publication that uh, we drafted back in uh, 2015, and it, the basic idea there was we have something in the federal government called controlled unclassified information. It's a certain number of data types that, that are worthy of extra protection, but they're not classified. And we worked very closely with the DOD back in 2015 to publish the initial version of that document. There was about 110 requirements, and it's primarily directed at Non-federal organizations and non-federal systems, contractors that work with the government, uh, organizations who have relationships with the federal government. And what's happened over the last couple of years is the the DoD, and and this is not limited to DoD, but there's been some really significant, severe cyber attacks by nation-state level adversaries. And uh, we, uh, the DoD, uh, came to us late last year and uh, requested that we do an update to that publication. And so, toward the middle of December, we were involved in the update. We were developing an appendix, which are enhanced requirements. And the basic idea of those requirements are to help to stop the advanced persistent threat from attacking these systems and exfiltrating critical defense information, critical information in high value assets that are part of the federal government, could be in the Defense Department, could be in Homeland Security. And so, then the government shutdown happened. We, uh, I actually came back early from the shutdown to continue work on it. We've finished the document now, and it's going to be out for public review fairly soon. It's undergoing some final reviews within the Office of Management and Budget. But uh, those requirements go well beyond. This is this is the top one to three percent of our very highest critical programs uh, within the government. And we absolutely have to stop uh, these uh, these attacks and the hemorrhaging that's going on. You mentioned the article uh, about the the recent article uh, about the uh, Chinese attack on the submarine, Navy submarine program. It's just one of many that we're concerned about. And so this is our next step to up up the ante a little bit and and try to uh, make these systems more resilient and limit the damage that the adversaries can do to us once they've gotten in.
0: And this is not just simply for federally owned systems, but in this case these The trading partners and also the research institutions that have a lot of data that is really government data in effect.
1: correct. It's anybody that uh, takes possession of uh, there are eighty two different categories of controlled unclassified information. It could be things like contractor sensitive information, personally identifiable information there there's eighty two different categories and they're on the NARA, the National Archives and Records Administration it actually has a website with a registry of those different data types. so whenever that that federal information goes, I call it over the fence, uh, to the other side, to the private sector or to a state or local government or one of our partners around the world, Uh, that information then is is out of federal control at that point. And the requirements are intended to ensure that the protection measures that are applied when that information is outside of federal control are equal to what we would do within the federal government.
0: Sure. And... This is, again, as you mentioned, about sensitive unclassified information or controlled unclassified information. What about classified?
1: Well, classified information is controlled under a totally different set of laws and, and regulations, and so this is not directed at that. That That is a totally different uh, aspect, although um, the 800-53, our, our security and privacy control catalog, uh, since 2009, we've now unified all of our federal security standards and guidelines under one umbrella. So all of the NIST security uh, standards and guidelines are, are now used by the DOD and the intelligence community to include their national security systems. so you know uh, you've had some experience looking at 853 it's a large catalog and when you talk about classified systems they have over 900 controls to pick from so you're going to pick different controls stronger controls potentially for classified systems in essence every system is different in the mission that it supports And our catalog allows customers to choose those controls that are necessary and sufficient to be able to do the job and protect the information at whatever level of sensitivity it might be.
0: Ron Ross is a fellow at the National Institute of Standards and Technology. And speaking of 853, I think you mentioned recently in a blog post that that is the most downloaded NIST publication ever. And now 853 itself is getting an upgrade or an update.
1: Yes, we're we call this this is part of our FISMA Vision twenty twenty. It's a it's a long term effort to upgrade all of our fisma related publications. And you would expect that to happen over years. These pubs have been in, in existence now over fifteen years. And so over time the technology changes, the, the threat space changes, the, the ways the types of missions people are doing, the the massive convergence of cyber and physical systems in the IoT space, the Internet of Things, all of those things have happened during the last 15 years and so we're upgrading our pubs to to make sure that we have the necessary and sufficient types of controls uh, to be used within our risk management framework and our cybersecurity framework to be able to protect those assets that customers depend on to carry out their missions and business operations so 837 was actually our first completion of that uh, of one of our critical fisma updates that's our risk management framework And that one uh, uses 853 controls, but that framework now, uh, I believe it's the only framework in the world that allows uh, you to manage privacy risk, security risk, supply chain risk, all within the same framework. We're kind of unifying many of these disparate risk management functions under one umbrella, so senior leaders don't have to do all of these stovepipe activities. But 853 is the actual control catalog, and that is also going through a major renovation in Revision 5, it, uh, it's going to have a complete integration of privacy controls that used to be separate in an appendix. Those are now fully integrated into the catalog, along with uh, new supply chain controls. There are, are cyber resiliency controls, systems engineering controls, as we try to start to focus below the waterline and make sure that industry and all of our partners uh, build stronger, more penetration-resistant components that we can use as we build our systems. So it's going to be uh, out sometime in the near future. We're not sure. It's, still, it's undergoing a final review also by the Office of Management and Budget. And as soon as that's complete, our customers will get the first glimpse of uh, REV 5.
0: What does it take to revise something as big as 853 and as comprehensive?
1: Well, it's a process that we've we've gotten pretty good at over the years. We rely on, of course, the the first layer is our our great staff that we have, all of our all of my colleagues that work and been in the business a long time and are, are cybersecurity security and, and privacy experts. And then the next layer, we work very closely with our federal agencies. And over the time when we published Rev. 4 in 2013, it's been quite some time ago, over the next several years after that, once we make a, a publication final, we then start to listen to our customers and how they are actually using that document and how it's working for them. We gather lots and lots of data over the years between these Revs. And we use that data, the actual customer experience, plus our new information working with the DOD and the Intelligence community, looking at new threats, and we basically go through the catalog one control at a time and ask the question, is this control still useful? Is it effective? And do we need to make any changes? Do we need to add controls that are to address new threats? And all of that happens and ends up in what we call an initial public draft. And that publication then is given to the public usually in a 30- to 45-day review period and we gather all their comments not just from um, the public sector but the private sector comments extensively on our work and we get lots and lots of comments from worldwide customers as well in fact we had a webinar on the new risk management framework about a week or two ago and we had over five thousand people sign up for the webinar and wow. there were over twenty five different countries twenty five different countries participating in that webcast that we did so These these guidelines are used voluntarily, uh, way, way beyond the federal government. So that process we do for every one of our publications, and they go through multiple reviews, and then we end up stabilizing on a set of guidance, and we lock it down, and we publish.
0: Okay, so the status of this one, then, is being reviewed by OMB, been thoroughly reviewed by NIST, and then put out for public comment, then it goes back into NIST for final revisions, And sometime when do you think it might be finalized, this new 853?
1: Well, this is the final public draft of 853. So as soon as OMB completes its review, it will go out for a 30-day public comment period. And then once we get that feedback uh, back, we will make any final corrections. And then you can probably expect a final version now within two to three months after that. A lot of this depends on the, the level, the number of comments we get, um, the difficulty in resolving those comments. We go through every single comment, and we try to resolve it to the best of our ability. And, so, and we're also doing some big things with this publication. We, we are we're making this just a security and, and privacy control catalog where it's like a great parts bin. It can be used by enterprise people who are building security and privacy plans within their federal enterprises, it can also be used by systems engineers who are building components and systems for our federal customers to ensure those safeguards are implemented within those components and the systems before. They ever get to the customer, which is really the ideal way you'd like to solve this problem.
0: Ron Ross is a fellow with the National Institute of Standards and Technology, really the Dean of Cybersecurity there. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. Find links to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com/slash federal drive. Listen to the federal drive on demand at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. (coughs) Cough and cold season is here